Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the Norton Podcast and Radio Show, and thank you for joining us today. However, you may be listening, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or through any of the podcast platforms. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Pete Newbig, and we have a very special guest today. All my guests are special, but this one's a very special guest. Today, we have Gail Phillips, Executive Director of NARPM. We're going to discuss all things NARPM, including the history, the structure, the inner workings, and why does NARPM make some of those wacky decisions that leave us scratching our heads? Gail has 37 years of association management experience. She has led organizations that she has managed to increase their bottom line through efficiencies and enabled the volunteers to free up their time to be more productive and work on strategic issues within their organizations. She also oversees the association management side of their management company, Organizational Management Group, or OMG. While working with the other executive directors to assist all of OMG's clients, Gail serves as CEO of NARPM, a position she has held since 2005. Gail graduated from Radford University with a Bachelor of Science degree in merchandising and a minor in general business. Gail fills her free time by spending it with family and especially her grandson, Jack, and in summer hangs around the pool with her neighbors. I'm sure there's some cocktails there too, I would bet. She also enjoys shopping and the time she spends on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So I look forward to speaking with Gail in a few minutes. Before we get to our hot topic, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back. Well, thank you for joining us. So, so I want to talk a little bit about a hot topic today. So Today, I want to talk about COVID. Everybody talks about how bad COVID is. And, and look, it was terrible. And it still is. It, as, as of this, it's still going on. But I want to talk about how COVID actually changed our lives and our business for the better. Right? So not sure about you guys, but I will tell you how it changed my life and my, uh, and my business much better. So for one, 
online payments from our residents have gone from like 60% to like 98%. So now with, with having online payments, you have less challenges and you need less staff to, to end up, you know, bringing those tenants in the, into your office, right? Self-showings. We had owners and our clients would never allow self-showings, right? Well, after the, after the pandemic, now we're able to do self-showings and we can use the pandemic almost as an excuse, right? Like, Hey, we're going to go ahead and do self-showing. So I had a lot of clients that were really against it and now they can do it. No occupied showings. I don't know about you guys, but we hated occupied showings, right? It's a, it's always like this combative deal. The tenant, you know, doesn't want to do it. You're trying to incentivize the tenant, but the, and the tenant doesn't leave the house nice. And all of a sudden the house goes stagnant and you can't do anything, but the owner is like, you know, to do these, these showings, these occupied showings. Well, now with COVID, we just say, look, our policy is no more occupied showings. Sorry, Mr. Owner. How about residents stopping by the office? Heck, I know half of us don't even have an office anymore. I know I didn't have an office. Once COVID hit, man, my team scattered like roaches when the light came on and they never came back to the office. So, you know, those residents coming into your office to drop rent off or just to talk about how poorly you are in the maintenance or the, the best is when they drop the rent off and they sit around for 40 minutes telling you all the stuff wrong with the property, right? So now I don't have, we don't have any more of that, right? Office space. Most people are working from home. They're happy to work from home. They get to see their family more. Um, I don't know if that's always a good thing, depending on how, how, you, how your intricacies work with your family, but you're able to not have office space now. It reduces your, your overhead. You know, your number one overhead is, is uh, salary. Number two is, is office space. And then hiring, right? We've changed our, our hiring process. I'm no longer looking for somebody that lives, you know, 30 minutes from the office. If they're going to work from home, they can be on the other side of town, the other side of the country or out or all over the world. And so our completely, our hiring process has completely changed. And I think for the better, because you have access to more talent. So that's my, that's my rant for day on why COVID was, was good for, for our, our business. And I think the business is going to keep changing and, and, some of this stuff is here to stay. I think when COVID does eventually go away, hopefully, knock on wood, knock, knock, that it does go away. I think a lot of these policies and, and processes that we put in place and uh, utilizing technology is going to stay. All right. So that's my little hot topic for the day. Let's bring in Gail. It's what everybody's waiting for. They're like, move on with your hot topic. Let's get, let's get, in, let's get to the meat of this thing. So, so Gail, thank you for being here. You know, back uh, when I when I, we started doing this interview, so we did this interview back in November. It's probably going to air in January. I put a Facebook post out there. And I got to say, in the Norton discussion group, I think it was one of the most uh, active Facebook posts out there. We had a lot of people uh, wanted to bring in and ask. And, and uh, I thought there was some really good questions that they wanted me to ask you. So I took some of those questions along with some, uh, some of my own. And we're going to start, we're going to go ahead and start throwing some, some heat at you. You ready? Great. Great. <laughs> Look right. forward to it. Thanks. You're, all right. Thanks for being here. All right. So Gail, you are the chief executive officer or CEO of NARPM, but you work for a company called OMG Management. Can you tell the audience what the relationship is between mm -hmm. OMG and NARPM? So it's very similar to what you all, the relationship you have with your property owners or your landlords. We are, have a contract where we manage the day-to-day -day operations of NARPA. So we handle everything from accounting to the back office billing, to the staff support, to our legislative support. We handle it all from, from our staff. 
just like you represent the landlord, we represent NARPA. We do have a contract, just like you have a management contract, we have a management agreement. It is very similar. And that's why whenever people talk about you managing doors, I talk about managing people. Excellent. So NARPM is a nonprofit organization, right? And so part of our agreement is NARPM pays OMG for the management of the organization and for the resources that OMG provides to NARPM. Is that correct? Yes. And the other part of our management is we supply everything. We supply the sticks and bricks building. We provide all the software. We supply everything in the back office, other than those specialized items like Northam's community, things like that. But OMG supplies all that. So the expenses that NARPM has is they have to pay when we make a copy, a copy. They have to pay for things like that, where they don't have to maintain their own equipment, their own licenses. They don't have to do that. We take care of all of that under our agreement also. How long has NARPM and OMG contracted together? Do you remember when it started? Yes, I remember oh. it very well. Because so you, you were there from the inception. Yes, I was only supposed to be the interim piece. And <laughs> What's that I, interim, 38 years? <laughs> yeah, Mark Banner was president, and we had found a young lady that we thought would be very good to manage, to be the exec for NARPM, and he was in town from Boise, and he interviewed her. She had a very strong nonprofit charity-type knowledge. And when the interview was over and we sat down with Mark and he looked at me and he said, Gail, she is a very smart young lady, but our members will chew her up and spit her out. And he convinced me that I was the one that was had the strong enough personality to be able to manage NARPA. So that's how I've been here so long. So that's how you've been there. Okay. Yes. And so um, is it a year-by-year contract with OMG and NARPM? Is it a, you know, mm-hmm. what's, what's the uh, contract length time? So we have a five-year. So what happens is every five years or the year prior to the expiration, we sit down with the leadership and we evaluate whether our, this agreement's working. So at 10 years, we bring in an outside consultant, not we, Owen, uh, NARPM, goes out and interviews and brings in an outside consultant. It happened five years ago. We had a consultant come in under Art Sturzel's year as president. He and Steve Schultz worked very closely with him. And they come in, they have an association management background. By the way, we are also an accredited association, which is unusual for some AMCs, very similar to what our CRMC is. And they come in and they evaluate our management company. And then they go back and report to the team whether or not they feel that NARPM's perform, OMG is performing for NARPM, and is it time for them to look at their own staff. Five years ago, when the consultant came in, we did not know him, and he came in and he recommended that we were doing a very good job for NARPM. He gave some recommendations on things that we could do for them, and he recommended retaining us that he felt we were the proper fit for NARPM. So that's how our management contract works. So NARPM does their due diligence, but any contract shorter than five years probably isn't good for NARPM either because we could be working in the middle of something in a year and then have to go through this review. Great. What other resources do we have access to? Like, 
you know, a lot of people know who Jackie is, but so give us some, give us some other folks and what they do for NARPM that they actually work for OMG, correct? But then they bill back some time to NARPM. So tell us a little bit about some of the, some of the job roles that people are doing at Backend. So I think that first let's talk about OMG also has, just like you do, some LLC, some other corporations. And one of our probably most prominent that NARPM is aware of is our legislative strategies group. Our legislative strategies group is our governmental affairs staff. So that is Tyler, and we just hired a brand new uh, governmental affairs person, and John Broadway, who is also an attorney. So he does regulatory review for us at the same time. So those three people fall under the legislative and regulatory staff. We then have the meeting planning staff, which we have our full-time, well, three-quarters time, Brooke Dowdy, who's our meeting planner, along with my partner in the business, uh, Rosie Bugarin, who is also a senior vice president, oversees our meeting division. So you have the two of them. You go to our accounting department, which we just opened a new LLC of financial services to help businesses who don't have their own accounting department or accounting staff, we can contract for them. And we have our CPA and an accountant who works for NARPM in those particular avenues. So they prepare our financials, we use a key system. But with our payment process, I wanna make sure members understand this. When we get a bill, every week, the treasurer has to go in and approve every single invoice that we get before we can pay it. So that he's aware or she's aware of the expenses that are coming in and the revenue that's come, or the expenses going out and the revenues coming in. And, so and, and the treasurer is a volunteer from NARPM, correct? Yes. yes, yes, the treasurer is definitely a volunteer. All invoices that come in, I have to review them and I have to approve them. They then go to the treasurer for review and final approval. We also, as on the admin side, we have numerous staff people that touch them. We have, are very fortunate that one of our staff people who left us is coming back in the next few weeks. So we're really excited about that. We have an education staff. We have a member support staff. And later on, when I answer the questions, well, you'll find out one of our staff people is moving to full-time chapter support. And then we have what we call support staff. Those people that answer the phone, that answer the emails and so we have two of those also but omg employs 24 people and at any time one of those people can touch an open like right now when we're going through dues billing the first few days of dues billing is always very hectic in our office between the phone calls between the emails and we have lots of people who are helping us out when we go through this. So it, it is an advantage we have, is if someone leaves, employment is not a problem for uh, NARPM, it isn't a problem for OMG to keep NARPM fully staffed. So when someone leaves, we have other staff we can pull in and help until we fill the position. So we are having the same employment issues as everyone else, but we make sure that we keep NARPM covered and fully staffed. So I hope that helps. Oh, Excellent. I forgot a very important is our distance learning. We have an education. We also have a 
distance learning, which is an LLC. They provide all of NARPM's online classes. We also have a course designer who works with the instructors and the volunteers to rewrite the classes. She has the knowledge of how the classes should go in education, but the volunteers provide the knowledge of the information that's needed in the classes. So we also have that advantage too. So there you go. So a lot of support. So let's talk about the structure of NARPM. So I think a lot of people, again, what I find is a lot of people are a little confused about the structure. So I think hopefully they understand now that NARPM is a nonprofit organization that basically contracts with OMG over five-year period, and OMG provides the resources to make sure that all the inner workings of NARPM works. So Gail, tell us a little bit about the structure of NARPM. I would be glad to, Pete, because there seems to be a lot of mis under, miscommunication and people really don't understand how NARPM works. And you, fortunate enough being an RVP, you understand. I'll be honest with you, Gail. I didn't really understand how NARPM worked until I became an RVP. Right. And, right? and, I, and as I talk to members, they, they don't really understand how it all works. So, And that's why I was excited about this interview, because it gave us enough, gives me an opportunity to talk about that. So with NARPM, the board of directors is the decision-making and the ultimate responsibility for NARPM. They have a fiduciary of due diligence to make sure NARPM is taken care of. They are also though at the 50,000 foot level. They don't do the committee work. They let the committees do the work. They let the committees bring recommendations to the board of directors. And the board of directors either adopts their recommendations. And as you know, as hard as it is sometimes, they send it back and they tell them you just, it's just not right. And so it is at the committee level that decisions are normally made then sent up to the board of directors. So, so let's just, just the, the board of directors is going to be your regional vice presidents, which I, right. is there five of them? Is that correct? There's six, six, six regional, regional vice presidents. presidents. Then it's going to be treasurer, past president, president elect, and president. Is that correct? So and, and all and all of those people uh, include. So I know everybody on the on the the, the president, president elect. They get voted in by okay. the membership. Yes, all okay. of all of the whole board gets voted in. Okay, so the yeah. RVPs as well. <laughs> we'll talk about that when you ask me my questions. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, Pete, I am a non-voting member of the board of directors because I serve as secretary, and that's really a corporate. That's so that when something, when the board approves something, I sign it on their behalf as secretary. I have no vote. That's not what I'm there for. What I'm there for also is to assist them and with the association knowledge. You know, as you know, all those people sitting at, at that table have great property management knowledge, but association knowledge is something where I assist them with. Running the meetings, supporting them, my job also is to make sure staff is supporting those committees so that the volunteers can still do their job and we carry out what they want done. So for example, a committee, let's say, wants a webinar. We put everything together. They, find, they tell us who the speaker will be. We do all the back end work. We you know, set everything up and we put it out there. But it is a member making that, members pretty much making that decision on what's coming up. The committee is doing that. 
We've got some projects we'll talk about later that are coming out in 2022. Excellent. And it's coming through committees with staff. So how, how, do com- how do committees get formed? So the committees is where all the heavy lifting is, is pretty much done. Correct. Everything comes to the board of directors for final determination comes from the committee. The budget comes from the finance committee who oversees all of the financials within the organization. And how do committees get formed, Gail? Uh, Great question, Pete. Any NARPA member can sign up for a committee. You just go to, I think it's about NARPA, and there's a tag there, drop down, that says join a committee. You click there and go sign up, and And you will be put on a committee. How many, like how many committees do we have about, like, I know there's membership committee and then there's the communications committee, finance committee. Is there, there's a, there's a handful of committees. Yeah, we that... have, so we have seven core committees, Pete. Okay. And what I mean by core committees is several years ago, NARPM had too many committees and, we, and it was pared down to seven committees. Underneath those seven committees are new subcommittees. So governmental affairs is a prime example. They have a full committee and then they have a subcommittee that works on local. They have a subcommittee that works on issues. They have, so they have lots of subcommittees that do the, the work. So that's why we try to engage everyone who signs up for a committee, at least in a subcommittee to keep them involved. Okay, so we have the board of directors, we have the committee chairs, and then we have committee members where they t- to kind of do a lot of the work. The board kind of gives them direction. Right. The strategic planning gives them the direction. So let's talk about strategic planning because that happens every two years, correct? Well, we do every year they meet. Every two years we do a full strategic plan rewrite. Yes. And that, if I recall, a third party comes in to kind of walk us through the strategic plan, right? To help us create the strategic plan. And then from there, that's when we then disseminate that information and then give that to the committees and then have them try to knock off some of those tasks, if you will, for the strategic plan. And because the volunteers are on the committees, they can determine whether or not they think it's something we should pursue. Meaning, is this something that is a benefit to the members? Is it something that NARPM really should be pursuing? Or are there other things we should be doing? So that's what their job is, is to give some direction to the board of directors. Is there anything else on the national level uh, as far as the structure? Because the next level would be then the state chapters, correct? Right. Right. State and local right now are pretty much, you know, they run. We like the state chapters because they give us extra support with the local chapters. So right now... NARPM has, you know, years ago, their course was that we weren't going to push state. But that, as you know, Pete, that's changed. NARPM now sees, the leadership now sees the benefit of having states and that they can help. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because we know that NARPM, um, other than the OMG, you know, uh, help, NARPM is run by volunteers, right? And um, the more layers that we put out there from from a national level to a state level to a local level, that means more volunteers. So years ago, NARPM had a bunch of state chapters. They got rid of them, from what I understand, 
three-peat, I think. And now and now over the last few years, we're, they're coming back with state chapters. So tell us, you know, because we're not, we, we don't have a plethora of, of, of members giving back, which, you know, here's a call for, hey, members, let, let's, let's kind of volunteer. So what was the main, re, the main draw to go with state chapters? So we have a couple state chapters, California and Florida are, are two very strong ones that push and support their locals, meaning they let keep everyone informed on what's going on. They're, on a local um, on a local legislation. A local whether it's legislative, whether it's educational, whatever it is, the state level takes care of that. So that is one of the advantages is it pulls people from the same state, particularly legislative state, state chapters are great for legislative because it bands everyone together, particularly everything that we've gone through in the past two years legislatively it's really strong you know they do great little conferences they do great conferences at the state level they at the same time can help chapters if they want so pete you know one of the questions i want to i'm going to bring up that was on facebook was so what's coming up and i'm going to share it with you because we shared it with the chapter leaders in the training yesterday thanks to my discussion with pete NARPM has placed in their budget support next year uh, VAs to our chapters. Oh, so wow. NARPM will pay for it. NARPM is going to pay for supplying VAs to our local and state chapters. To give so, them the so basically NARPM saw that the at the local level, the I can tell you this is an RVP, the local level, they're having challenges getting okay. getting always new blood to volunteer. Right. Once you once you are a president of the local chapter, you want to move up to the membership committee and, and maybe even at the state level or at the or at the other level. And it's a hard job for a lot of these little chapters. It seems to be a really difficult job. So NARPM and this and their members saw that. And so now we're going. So are these VAs going to be NARPM national or or, or OMG employees so, that are going to build back to the chapters or how does that work? So what the plan is, you know, the budget gets approved. Well, by the time this radio broadcast comes off the budget will be approved. So what will happen is as soon as the budget's voted on uh, the first of the year, we're going to be putting out RFPs to the VA companies that are members of NARPM. And we're going to be asking for, you know, what, what can you do to help us to make this come true? NARPM will pay for so many hours of VA work. We, wow. The reason I mentioned about Rebecca, my staff, that's going to be going full-time chapter support is she will be working with the VAs. She will be helping them and guiding them. We have a full checklist with the chapters to make sure that they're accomplishing. If they're not doing their job, we're going to contact the, the VA company and say, hey, we got to get something else. So that's what her job is going to be. So it's twofold. NARPM's investing in the chapters and they're making sure that the that national OMG, whoever is taking care of the VA so that they don't have to also worry about that at the same time. So, so give, me, a, give me an example of some job duties for the local chapters that these VAs can kind of take off, off the members' plates. So Pete, one of the largest ones we heard was the QuickBooks, the accounting, because okay. the hardest position they said to fill on a chapter level is a treasurer. So if we gave them three hours a month of VA support to be able to do their, their bookkeeping, 
the feedback we've gotten is that would be tremendous. So, you know, once a week or whatever. And then the other support is helping to make sure flyers are done, make sure a schedule's set, make sure promotions happening. Marking for the local chapters meetings. Daily activities. And then come April when chapter compliance is due. That's where I was going next. They're going to make sure, you know, throughout the year that everything's done for chapter compliance. And then come in April, they're going to make sure everything's in that portal and that those chapters are in compliance. They're going to know because they're going to be boots on the ground if that chapter is really in compliance. And you know, Pete, that has always been an issue is running down their postcards from the IRS. Hardest job for an RVP, by the way, is to hunt down presidents or or treasurers of, of uh, the local chapters to get the dang compliance going. Exactly. So. <laughs> We've listened. You know, anyone who says national is not listening to chapters, they are listening. And actually, you know, Pete, the VAID came up because you and I were having a conversation one day and all of a sudden this little light bulb went out and off in my mind and it was like, why are we using the VAs? And when I went to the leadership, they were like the same thing. Why hadn't we thought of this before? You know, we went through all the scenarios. My little, my little Mark on Narpum once again. <laughs> the radio show and the and the idea of the VAs, and That's we went it. through all the scenarios. I went through all the scenarios with them, whether we bill it back to the chapters, whether we offer it and just let them opt in or out. And Narpum felt very strongly, the leadership that National should pay for it, and National should make sure that they're using it. Wow. That's awesome. All right. NARPM's vision is to be the recognized leader in the residential property management industry. How is NARPM the leader and what is being done at NARPM today to stay as the leader in the space? That's great. As I shared yesterday with the chapter leaders is NARPM is as successful as it is because of the members. One of the greatest things that we hear is the sharing that happens with Northern. And when we were first hired, one of the biggest concerns was the loss of the culture of Northern as they grew. Because when we were first hired, Northern had like 1,800 members. And so the concern was as we grow, are we going to lose that culture of sharing and caring and things like that? That we, our management company has worked very hard to retain that. You know, that's, we, switch some technology around people moaned and groaned but we had to do it and there are things that our education program we're working at enhancing when we did the accounting standards that was a request so the way that NARPM is going to become to stay relevant is because of the members and I will tell you Pete I'm going to go ahead and share a couple other things Narpum started this year a large broker mastermind group. We have 12 of our large brokers, larger brokers, that the president, president like myself and the treasurer meet with quarterly. We don't really meet with them. We sit there and let them talk. They tell us what's happening in the industry. And we did that because on the discussion group that we have, we started seeing this one of the vendors been talking about one of these vendors and how they're such a threat to the industry they found out. 
So we went and started talking to the large brokers and we found out to them that company's not a threat. It is more these big companies are coming in and investing and building neighborhoods. And it's it's more of that. It's, it's more of the those kind of companies in lieu of this one vendor. They said that's their threat. So again, NARPM is sort of at a where we have to make sure we stay in the middle and we take care of both sides. So one of the biggest things we did is we've learned and we've listened. So now we're trying to build, when we look at benefits and services, something that takes care of both sides. Because you know, we have members that manage 10 properties. We have man members that manage, what, 20,000 with some of these larger companies, which makes it real difficult. The other thing that we heard from some of them, Pete, that we're going to try working on next year is getting these software vendors to try to talk to each other. So their software, they can build a software that they can talk to each other. So you don't have to go out and build all these different plugins and have to log off and log back in to use somebody's software. Our technology committee's looking at that. And that we got feedback from, again, the, the brokers. I'm very fortunate that I have some of our brokers within NARPM who constantly give me feedback. If they see something out there and they think we need to be aware of it, they're sending it to me. They're calling me, we're talking about it. The other group, you know, we have our CRMCs, which are designated companies. And we also started meeting with them. We gave them their first forum at the convention and they're so excited. So what NARPM's gonna start doing is doing more of these mastermind groups based on specialties. They're gonna start doing more of the forum groups. One, they can talk to each other about issues and at the same time, we can learn what the issues are that we have to stay on top of. Because it's, this industry has totally changed. I loved your beginning because everything you said is absolutely true. If a potential member asks me, what are the benefits of NARPM? How should I answer them? <clears throat> of course, you know, I'm a little prejudiced, but the benefits are, one, is the member sharing. We hear that all the time. But the reason that we're investing in VAs, Pete, is one of the strongest benefits are the local chapters. They are the boots on so, the ground. So local chapters not going anywhere. We're keeping yeah. local chapters. Okay. Because yeah. with the invention of state chapters, I thought maybe, you know, there might be some hearsay about like, hey, there's the local. So local chapters so, are getting more support and not going anywhere, people. That's good. So, but let me, let me share. I'm going to go off on a tangent. Go for uh, it. Yeah. On this side, in the state of Nevada, our two local chapters in Nevada decided that they didn't have enough volunteers to add a state chapter. So they formed the state chapter and dissolved their two local chapters into the state. And the state is now, the state chapter is now moving around the state and supporting the members. But that was the local chapter's decision. NARPM did not make it for them. They just said, we don't think we can support a state and the locals and we feel the state is the best benefit to bring everybody and to give people the best benefit. Okay. So um, potential member, potential member, I say, Hey, we have these local chapters and obviously we bring a lot of, uh, a lot right. of knowledge, local knowledge there. 
if I am, if I'm an, a member with that's, it's a, um, an, that's not in an area with a local chapter or a state chapter, mm-hmm. what are some of the other benefits that right. Northam could bring that I can tell them, this is why you should join or this is why you should not leave? So, of course, as you know, our education program, our designation program, all of our courses are going through um, rewrite right now. And that is a great way. You don't have to get a designation. Just take the classes because there's great information in those classes that um, National offers. I don't think there's there's any other type of education out there for property management other than what NARPM is offering. And then NARPM works with our vendors and does specialty webinars. You know, like by the time this airs, we'll have finished our last series of our accounting standards webinars to get our members ready for 2022. You know, those are things that members need to get their business up and running. We formed a women's group because the women of NARPM felt they needed a little specialized education. So, but men are welcome to attend and men have even done the sessions for them. So yes, we have the other benefits of discounts, things that members, you know, are, are Home Depot, we're looking at getting back to Lowe's or things yeah, that- A lot of people don't know Lowe's. about those. So those, those, yeah. all those discounts are right on the narpum.org website right. too, right? right. Okay. Look under member discounts and they're right there and you can take advantage of all of them and save money at the same time. So, you know, we ha- have all of those. We have everything. We have education. The past two years, NARPM was very successful legislatively. You know, when we first took over management, legislation, legislative was a dirty word. It didn't exist, right? Right. NARPM wouldn't be involved in it. And, finally, and is NARP, NARPM is, is, is at the national level of legislation or are they at the state level or the state chapters are supported by NARPM National and OMG? Like, How, how does all that work? Sure. So... First thing is, yes, NARPM National on the federal level, uh, we have our an office in D.C. now, and our governmental affairs director works out of D.C. to make sure that our voice is carried for NARPM, that the voice of NARPM is heard up there. Then our state chapters have access to the governmental affairs director, who can also, or the team, who can also help in sending out calls to action, to also help in advising, they're not gonna go to the city council or the board of supervisors or whatever. They're not gonna go there for that group, but they will be an advisory panel for them. So they will advise them on how to handle it. That we're encouraging all chapters and state levels to have legislative chairs who can work with our governmental affairs team. So on the federal level, you know, when the rent moratorium hit, that was huge. You know that we spent a lot of time fighting that rent moratorium. And thank goodness, there at the very end, you know, they tried to push it back. We partnered with NAA, the National Apartment Association, the Multifamily Housing Council, IRAM. We all came together and we told this is not good for the for the owners, for the business people. This is not good. And they finally realized. So I think that's a big point that I want to make here that, you know, when we, when we pay our, our, our annual dues, there's a portion of that that goes into lobbying for us and for our business and for our landlords. And I think that's something that we don't do a good job as, as I don't know if Norman does a really great job to the members to let them know about that. And I know as a business owner, 
I didn't do a very good job to my investor clients, letting them know by being a part of NARPM that we are actually lobbying for their rights. So yeah, it's, it's hard because you have those people who, are, who understand the need of the legislative and understand tons of compliments, tons of thank yous for what we do. And there's those that are saying, why are we in the middle of all this? But that's always gonna happen, but you're right. We set up an advocacy fund so that we can go lobby, we can do things to support on all levels, the legislative activities, you know, and getting the word out, we do the best we can, but you'll never be able to touch everyone. So, but you're right. You know, that's a good point, Pete, is maybe we should be working on more of a marketing program for you all to take out to your owners to show them how you're helping them. Yeah, that's a big thing in Australia, I learned from our Australian members was, you know, they're very tenant friendly in Australia. And that's the reason why 70, 75% of their properties are managed because the owners need the help of the property managers. Agreed. Before the pandemic, Narpham had made the decision to move broker owner out of Las Vegas. I think you know where I'm going with this one. It was moved to Hawaii, which caused a lot of discussion amongst the members. Can you break down the decision to move broker owner and the overall philosophy on the two national conferences? So national, as we said, you know, has the, the leadership has a diverse membership is what we will say. We had those who loved going to Vegas <clears throat> and we had those who did not love going to Vegas and actually a proposal was brought to, to Northam from some of the brokers. And what I don't think anyone understood the decision was, is they actually took, they switched broker owner in the convention. What I mean by that is, if you remember, the convention was going to resorts, the convention was going to the higher end areas, and broker owner was going to hotels wherever, well, in Las Vegas. <laughs> at the time. So the request came from some of the brokers that could we switch the two? Could we take the conventions to more affordable hotels so I can bring more staff? And then move broker owner to resorts where you're actually sort of rewarding the brokers for working so hard and for keeping their business. And the leadership thought, what a great idea and a great proposal. And they thought, you know, what a great move for the very first year if they want to say, hey, we had a great year, we want to be rewarded is to go back to Hawaii because everyone loved Hawaii. Until social media hit. <laughs> and social media, just a couple of, a few, you know, there was a, a group of members that did not like the idea of leaving Vegas and going to Hawaii. Well, Hawaii was one spot. So COVID hit, we didn't go to Hawaii. Didn't go anywhere. Nope, we didn't go anywhere. So that was okay. You know, things happen for a reason. So and moving but, moving forward, the broker owner is going to be in, in a little bit nicer, sure. upper scale right. uh, places. And the, the national is going to be more affordable places. Right. Now, is national going to be like kind of center of the country? So I know we have members in Hawaii. We've got members everywhere, right? Uh, even in the East Coast now. So are we trying to make it where it's in the center of the U.S. or is it still wherever, whenever? Because 
that how many years ago we were sort of dictated that we were going to rotate the, the meetings and we keep it in the try to keep it in the southern tiers where the weather's better so it goes east central west or west central east so we just rotate because one of the problems with vegas is from the east coast it took six to seven hours to fly to vegas even though california and texas it may have only took two to three so that was our other problem is we lost a lot of east coast people who wouldn't go to vegas because of the flight and they didn't care for vegas so they're going to continue the rotation so we're in kansas city this past year this past october yep. and we're going to vegas for the national meeting in October 2022, and we're going to the Paris Hotel, which is very affordable. And that is where the change came. The Rose Hotel in Kansas City, they gave us an pre-opening special so we could get there. And then the Paris gave us a great deal to come there. So we're going to continue rotating national. Are we going to continue rotating broker owner as well? Yes. Broker owner will, will rotate. So broker owner, and I know you want to talk about why we did what we did this spring. We'll talk about that too. But broker owner was East Coast this year. They're going central. They're going to San Antonio, which is actually one of our best, our well-attended areas. And then after that, they're going to California. They're going to go to Carlsbad, California. And then we're going to Amelia Island in Florida, which was supposed to be a convention location, but because of COVID, right. we couldn't go there. So we switched it. It's a resort. So we got switched to broker owner. So the rotation uh, for both is to service all the members across the country, yeah. right? Yeah. So I may not be able to get to California from New York, but I may be able to get to Florida. Exactly. Exactly. Broker okay. owner, the same, you know, uh, convention's the same thing. We went Kansas City. We're going Las Vegas, which is considered West, and then we're going to Atlanta. You know, Atlanta was, as uh, Andy Props Day, was the number one site for a convention. We had over a thousand people in Atlanta. That's right. And I was there. Had, I was one of them. 300 members in their chapter. We're going to go ahead and tell them they better get their members there. So, so it really was, it's like how you all have to make business decisions. It was, it really wasn't. It, it really is a great way to, to thank the members. And what it did do, Pete, is there are very affordable properties in Vegas. So it allowed NARPM to move Vegas into the convention rotation where more people could attend. Thanks, Gail. So as you know, I love NARPM and what it's done for me and my business. And I think everyone, anyone in the PM space should be a member of NARPM. However, Membership has hovered around 6,000 members over the last few years. You know, I'm somewhat vocal about the lack of marketing NARPM National does to attract new members. Other members feel the same way. What is NARPM doing about marketing to potential new members and more importantly, to getting a name out to the investors? So Pete, this past year, we did a lot of target, targeted marketing. We did geofencing. We did a lot of, and it, I will tell you right now, membership is just not growing in associations. And a lot of it is people are having to make business decisions. They're weighing the pros and cons. So what we have done 
you know, we had to stop going to trade shows. We used to go to trade shows and get Narcom's names out. Trade shows being those groups, we went to our partners, our partners' trade shows, and because they have a lot of non-NARPM members there. And it was a great way to get our name up. Well, for two years, we had to stop because we couldn't travel. You know, it just wasn't a wise thing to do right now. But we probably will be starting it in 2022. And a lot of it we're still going to be doing. We do a lot of social media advertising. We do. We don't have the millions of dollars to be able to put into advertising that it takes. So we have to find ways. We are doing a blitz in the USA Today rental special that they're doing. There's two of our articles in there about our vendors and Marvel will be promoted there. So we're doing every what we can to get the name out. You know, we'll be looking at what we can do more next year as things open up more. The West Coast still is having to meet virtually. And that really is, is hurting at the same time. How are now, we going to do we have a full-time person at OMG that helps with marketing now as well? Didn't, didn't that promotion, didn't that position get moved from like part-time to full-time, if I recall? It's not full-time. It's still, it's still part-time. But yes, we do have a marketing Let's person. talk to hey. President Abernathy before he, before he rolls out of office to get that a full-time position. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we are going to look at partnering with our vendors again. Because one of the things we've learned is our vendors are very, very important. And a lot of them have a lot of experience and how to get the name out. We have partnered with them before. You know, we've done Google ads. We've done, you know, those things with one of our vendors. And, you know, I will tell you that, yes, NARPM dropped some during COVID, but I don't know a, a, an association that didn't. We didn't drop as much as a lot. You know, our normal retention rates around 85%. And that's just because of, the market, people retire. For some reason, people get older and want to retire from this business or they sell their company. And so our retention stays between nine, 85 and 90%. During COVID, we were at 83%. So we did a lot better than we expected. This year, as we're going through these buildings, we're seeing the same thing. People are closing, people are merging, people are selling their businesses, as we know. But one of the things we are seeing is more people taking advantage of the company membership. So how do you grow in a pandemic? That's the question. I was very fortunate at the end of last year to serve on a mastermind group of association execs. I felt very fortunate for Northam because some of those people didn't know how to keep their doors open. Interesting. Thank goodness Northam had a nice reserve bill because we were able to do things and not charge. We were able to give the members benefit. We were able to do all the legislative work and not have to worry about how are we gonna pay for this? All of that was, was covered. But let me tell you, Pete, you know, hey, since I've been here, we went from 1,800 to 6,000. <laughs> so that's, that's really not bad. But how to get those others, I think is one of them. We'll never get everyone. But let me share with you something when we were hired. So I was going to lunch. You know, I mentioned Mark Banner and Rose Thomas and Sylvia Hill were all in town. We were going to lunch. And Mark said, if we could have a word like one of the other associations have, 
where everyone has to be a member in order to use it. And the brokers, anyway, they have a different type of dues billing where the brokers have to pay if the person's not a member. How can they do that? Hey, I came up with the perfect name. Let's call, let's use Prop Man. Well, I think it was one of the Texas guys. <laughs> I didn't think the women would like that too much. <laughs> so since we don't mandate membership, we're always going to have this. You're always going to have people coming and going. And, and some are going to get benefits and some aren't. You know, we, we've been yelled at, everything happens, and we're just going to have to to continue looking at how we can make nothing stronger. I will tell you, we're looking at our chapter information requirements. We're looking at seeing if we need to tweak them and bring down some of the numbers there, because maybe we need more local chapters or state chapters in order to benefit the members more. We're nationals looking at that. So Pete, our strategic plan, and I'm gonna go off a little bit here, our strategic plan in 2022 is built on the members. We hired, did it a little different this year. We brought an outside consultant, but he interviewed, personal interviews with about 12 members. He, they did four or five focus groups with members and they then did a survey to all the members and they got some really great feedback. The strategic plan that's released, um, it'll be released in December, is based on the feedback of the members. Yes, we're going to look at our voting procedures. <laughs> yes, we're going to look at chapter informations. Yes, member services is going to look at supporting those at-large members and how to take care of them. We're still looking at how to build our legislative programs and probably number one is the support to the chapters. But that was feedback that was given to us from the membership. And that is where it's really important. It sounds like that NARPA is really taking a big step to learning and understanding what the membership is looking for and now taking action. So I look forward to, to seeing a great 2022 for, uh, for NARPA. Gail, I can probably keep you here all day. But in the interest of time, we're going to go ahead and take a little commercial break and then we're going to come back with the, the lightning round. Stay <laughs> tuned for this real quick. Thank you so much. We'll do this <laughs> mid-year and I'll give you a mid-year recap. How's that? I like that. All right. So okay. stay tuned real quick. We'll be back with Gail for the lightning round. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. 
Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Welcome back, everybody. We're at the lightning round. We're going to put Gail in the hot seat and, and fire off some questions. So, Gail, the way it works, I'm going to fire off some questions. They're going to be super quick answers. Uh, hopefully, you can think of some quick answers. These I did not give you beforehand. So, um, let's go at it real quick. All right. What is uh, what is one benefit of NARPM that most members don't know about? Remember, it's the lightning round, Gail. Just whatever comes to your mind. I would hope members knew about all the benefits. Actually, it's the affinity program. Well, you brought up the member discount program. Member discount program. That's where I was going. I thought so too. (laughs) What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? You've been around it long long enough. What was one piece of advice you give somebody just starting out in the PM business? This is a layup, Gail. Join NARPM. There you go. Get on our discussion groups. I like that. What would you tell a member that is going to leave NARPM because of unhappy? It's not because they sold, but just because like, hey, I'm unhappy. What, what would something you would tell a member? This, why, well, would, why should they stay? Yeah, well, we go through it first. I have that happen. And normally it's because they're not involved. They're not in the discussion groups. They're not taking the full advantage of what the organization offers. They haven't taken education. They haven't yep. attended an event. So it is a game. Just because you pay money to something doesn't mean you get the value of it, right? You got to get involved. Exactly. Absolutely, Pete. Mountains, lake, or ocean? Money was no object. Where are you, you going to retire to? Ocean. Ocean. What is one thing you would tell your 20-year-old self that is just starting out? You know, it's really don't take life too serious. Every day changes. And you may have a bad day today, but tomorrow the sun's going to be brighter and just hang in there. Life is great. And, and you just, you know, it, it's tough. Some days it's really tough. You know, the past few weeks have been really tough for us right at, at National just because of things that are happening. But we're actually seeing the sun come up. So don't just, just smile. That's my big thing, Pete, is I'm always there for people. I smile. I try to tell them, you know, it'll be okay. We don't, will get yep. through it. Don't let it, uh, don't let it get to you, right? Just exactly. Roll, let her, like, and uh, I know her. people are going to say that's easy to say, but it's hard to do. And Absolutely. Pete, I will say, Especially when yeah, you're 20. <laughs> and during COVID, we have lost some very special members and some because of it. But, you know, we're going to get through this. We're all going to get through this. And you know what, Pete, exactly what you said at the opening, every one of us is going to be stronger because of it. Our own company made changes because of COVID. Absolutely. And to see how the members. Can I share one thing real quick? The sure. large broker said to be able to pivot, the smaller companies can pivot faster if they have the money set aside that if this happens again, they can invest in the software and they can move quickly. The bigger companies can't do that because they have lots of offices and they have board of directors. And they speed, have- speed boat versus battleship. Think right? of that in the future. Invest Little in com- 
Oh. Little company's a speedboat. They could turn on a dime. Big company's exactly. a battleship. It takes them, you know, months. That's to it. Yeah. Well, you go and tell our large brokers are battleships. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what was your, what's your favorite or most memorable vacation? I assume you I, took one over the last, you know, 25 years that you're at home. Well, you know, right before convention, the week before convention, I went down to Mexico, my first trip. Dale doesn't have a bucket list, but thanks to all these numbers who were going during COVID, I thought, gosh, that place looks gorgeous. And we had the most relaxing, beautiful vacation going nice. down to Mexico. Where, where in Mexico? Playa del Carmen. Oh, so yeah. Pla love Playa. Yeah, and oh, we stayed in an all-inclusive resort, and it was just absolutely. Nice. It was a real vacation. Of course, then I came back and had a cold. But kind of, kind of goes with that whole ocean yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No, that started on my Facebook page. <laughs> you know. I am one hundred percent with you. By the way, uh, on that, I am considered a pizza snob here at the house. My wife laughs at me. And uh, I'm always on a quest to find good pizza in Houston, which, believe it or not, it does exist. Um, my New York friends would not believe me, but yes, it does exist. What Disney character do you most associate with? <laughs> oh, my. How about Goofy? Because, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I can be a All right, Goofy it is. <laughs> what is a book you are currently reading or one that you have read that has impacted your business or life? I wish I had it here because I don't remember. Actually, Liz just gave it to us. It's about the duck. And of course, books at my office. So it, it just- Super impactful, great. people. It's the book about <laughs> a duck. You heard it here first. This is, this is why we do these podcasts. We really get the meat and potatoes. We really give, it, we really give you the insight to Gail. <laughs> of course, if it, was, if it was Kelly's year, I would tell you it was Dare to Dream by Brene Brown. <laughs> that's, an in, that's an inside joke people <laughs> uh, last question what do you prefer dogs or cats let me guess because i've heard a dog barking halfway through this uh this interview so but but you may have cats so uh may, or no, maybe you prefer no cats. cats now no okay no dogs it is never had a cat well gail i thank you so much for your time this has been a longer podcast than I normally do, but I thought the, the, the content was great. I wanted to keep it going. If you are a property manager or associate yourself with as a property manager and you're not a member of NARPM, Gail, how can they, how can they learn more about NARPM? So you can go to our website to start with, narpum.org, and then go to the Join tab, and it will give you some basic information on joining. There's an electronic online membership application. But look through the whole website, our education tabs there that will tell you all about our classes. And then the other place to go is our conferences, because that lists all of our upcoming conferences, along with our states that are putting on events. So Narcom.org is your best place to go and get. And then find an Narcom member, go have lunch sit or breakfast and sit down and talk to them about why they joined and what benefits we hear more from uh, members like what Pete said, if it wasn't for NARPM, they wouldn't be in business today. Oh, 100%. Yep, 100%. Well, thank you, Gail. My name is Pete Newbig, the voice of NARPM, CEO and co-founder of VPM Solutions. Go to vpmsolutions.com if you're interested in virtual assistance. 
And uh, thank you, Gail, for your time. Appreciate you. Everybody, we'll see you next time. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.